0: the wanderers in all gold and black. you better retreat, cause we're on the attack. The strength of the Wolf is the strength of the pack. We're Wolverhampton, we're on our
1: way back. Well, hello everybody, welcome to episode 309. It's three, it's zero, and it's nine. It's the E and S. Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. Come in, Mister Liam Keen. How are you, my friend? It's good to have you back. Uh, it's it's been it's been a while, mate. It's been a while. It feels like a, it feels like quite a while to be fair. I know it's only been a week in between, but it does feel like quite a while. Um, well, I mean, we did the podcast, didn't we? And then it was international break, so we we previewed Liverpool, I guess, half a week early. So yeah, it's been. Um, it feels like it's been like two or three weeks, really, but it's not. It's been about ten days. But yeah, it's, it's all good, mate. It's all good. How was your um? How was your international break, love?
0: It was pretty standard. Um, was it? Yeah, going to... Went to see Wolves Women. I oh, know you, you were there with me, actually, for that one. I oh, was there. I forgot. Yeah, What's you were that? there. <laughs> Bloody hell. I tell you, it does feel like a while ago. Um Went and saw the 21s. Um, so, obviously, I've got to use my time to... To, to keep busy and, and get to those two as much as I can this season. And, um, and was, yeah. was, was, was there a queue outside to get in the ground? It looked absolutely <laughs> packed to the rafters, mate. So it, it was it was odd because most of the fans were sat in the same stand that I was at Notts County. But being my first time there at Meadow Lane, you couldn't really see many of the fans from the angle in the press box. And mm. obviously the other stands they were pretty much empty. So w- when we sat there... Uh, it looks and feels particularly because Wolves played pretty well and won like it was a uh, covid times it was re- really bizarre just almost eerie and empty but it, it's a strange competition that though, isn't it the trophy it's good to oh, see it's, the, ve- it's, it's very a, strange it's good to see the 21s get out and play you know men's sure. football and get opportunities so as a wolves reporter it's good but previously covering Walsall and covering that competition it's a weird competition because some <laughs> clubs some clubs don't care about it some clubs do and want to get to Wembley and it's all just a very sort of mishmash kind of odd competition but no i did that 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 was enjoyable um and then otherwise just been working mate and un- un- unlike
1: yourself as wow you I, I honestly don't know how you dare i mean you could have taken a week off and actually attended a couple of games rather than missing them for um on your jollies you know what i mean with your with your horrendous planning but some it's people plan like that, plan but. our vacations on international break and uh yeah I was just about to Go into my my second hot do- hot dog of the night and um, watching the Toronto Blue Jays baseball. Um, and uh, yeah, and I, and I saw your your picture at uh, um, for the twenty ones. But no, it was, all, it was all good, mate. It was all good. Nice little, nice little, six nights away, just solo, mate. No one else, just me. Um, I kind of like going away on my own for once a year. And I guess it's difficult when people have got children. And well, I was going to say a wife. But I've got a wife, but I still still get to go <laughs> at the moment. As far as I know. Um, you know, once once a year, I kind of like my own company. I much to chill, got a nice hotel. It was about, I made sure it was like a couple of miles from the stadium. So there was, for people who don't know baseball, that pretty much play every single night in the, uh, in the season. So uh, six nights, I was there, six games. And yeah, kind of just did a gym in the morning, chilled out, watched a bit of TV. Ran or you know, I went into you know, did some weights and then and then go for a nice diner breakfast, have a wander around Toronto, come back and then walk two miles to the stadium, two miles back, have some nice food, don't feel guilty, repeat, rinse and repeat for six nights. It was great, absolutely loved it.
0: That does sound quite fun, actually. <laughs> but, I mean, aside from the baseball thing, because not that I wouldn't like it, because I probably would enjoy going to mm. see it, but I don't, I've never watched it before,
1: I've got no idea and don't know anything about it. Um, it's such a fun sport. I guess if you're into American sports, I guess most people now, especially with uh, the Gridiron Action or NFL fans, I'm, I'm an NFL fan and college football fan, but um, I think baseball for the, for your purists, for your people who love stats, I, I love my maths, etc. I know you don't when we try and work out discounts wow. for Kettle and Toasterman products. It's not your, not your strongest point, but it's definitely one for the, um, for the purists. Uh, and I think you'd enjoy a game of baseball. Actually, I really do. Uh, fan interaction's great. Uh, well, can i say that i think i can say this um when you would have actually gone to a baseball game this summer if if the korean trip went on because i believe we were going to go to a, a south korean in south korea a, a baseball game and hwang was going to throw out the first pitch but obviously that all went peak song
0: yeah i was looking forward to that
1: oh mate
0: oh, you know the thing is though the when you look at american sports and you look mm. at the people from the uk yeah, you just yourself being one of them that like the American sports, mm-hmm. that questions why I would want to watch American sports because you look at the you know the kind of riffraff that um, you know paying paying attention, they're just a bit dim, aren't they? The kind of people who sort of watch American sports, you have to be, I think, don't you?
1: I mean, you are literally offended. I reckon there's probably at least. At least fifteen hundred people listen to this podcast who are, who live in America. You absolutely, just and you're going to get absolutely oh, pan. The people who do. Joking. They know book, I'm joking. Bookmark this and then you you Twitter blast this lad because that is absolutely shocking. No, no, How no, no, dare
0: no. you? I, you know I'm joking. I think if I gave it a chance, if I gave probably most of the American sports a chance, I probably would enjoy them. But I've just got too much going on, man. I've got to be. I've gone, I'm just too busy, man. I can't to, be be honest, to, like
1: to, to be honest, the people I cannot stand, and this is, it's started coming across to, I know, again, you're not a big, big fan of this because I've seen you play. Um, uh, it's come across to these shores as well as started to, but I cannot stand Americans golf when they're just about to tee off. And they make all these stupid, stupid noises. And I'm like... Oh, they're the lowest of the low for me. Absolutely awful. But yeah, so it started to, to creep into the open. I think recently, but uh, not good, not good. But you know, like I say, we like to. I've got an offer for you because we do like to travel during international breaks, and you know this offer, Liam. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you live on air. I'm gonna I'm gonna add a bit of spice to it. So in the next international break, which for people who don't know is incredibly close again, um, it's in October. I think it's in about three weeks' time. So again, of course, I'm going away. But I'm going to Las Vegas. Now, I've been trying off air for the last two to three weeks, maybe a month, Liam, to try and get (laughs) Mr. Liam Keane and partner, and and soon to be Mrs. Keane at some point, I'd I'd assume, um, to come to Las Vegas with me and Alana. Now, my efforts have proved futile so far. However, I'm going to spice things up, Liam. Okay. So. We, i'm going to be the, actually, i'm actually in vegas for two weeks so i'm not saying you need to come for two weeks but i do feel because you haven't been and people who have been know that first time it's just great it's fantastic everybody knows you can't lose first time everybody wins every single person who's been to las vegas ever first time wins <laughs> exactly, so true. so you're making more money you you leave with more money than you start i mean that's a guarantee but if you're a little bit concerned you're a little bit nervous or whatever then i'm going to i'm going to add a little sweetener to the deal, and that is, you get your flights out there. If you want to come for three nights or four nights, I think you've got to come for at least three when you're going across West Coast. I will personally, hand on heart, pay for yours and Rosie's five-star hotel accommodation for the whole trip. All you need to do, economy flights, 550 quid each, direct, straight to Vegas. You don't have to gamble a penny. But you've got free accommodation for those f- three or four nights. Five star.
0: Oh,
1: wow. It's all on me. It's all on me. You really are putting the pressure on and You know what I mean? Dogs are fuming, mate. <laughs> Come on, dogs are lit. Everybody's, everybody's listening going, get yourself there, get yourself there.
0: Oh, this is... Um, I didn't... I'd be honest, I didn't expect you to put this kind of mm-hmm. on, uh, pressure on me. Um... Ooh, it's interesting that so, mm. so well. It's, it's a little one to think about, isn't it? It is. Um, I mean, as someone who um, you know likes to, if I can, have some self-respect, <laughs> um, I wouldn't. I don't. I wouldn't want you to have to pay uh, for me because I. I don't want to take anything off you. I feel bad. Well, you don't
1: because you can pay me back in your winnings at blackjack yeah, and um, that's and roulette. True, um,
0: but I mean, as listeners of the party will know. Um, I've had a really, really easy time of trying to buy this house. Um, oh
1: yeah, how's that? What's the what's the latest that you can divulge? Are you are you into new beautiful accommodation yet? Um, if th- if that you mean lodging with my sister, then yes. Oh no.
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, at the moment. Um, but it's going it's going well here. It's going well. Um, we're just obviously waiting for our actual house to go through. Mm. So that is the that's the big hiccup at the moment. If I'm being brutally honest with you, because okay. okay. There's a chance they might end up going in at some point in October when you're going away. So that's been the Thing that's um, how do I put this? Uh, not only put a dampener on it, but perhaps had a certain somebody say you're not going. Oh,
1: wow! No, okay. Jacob, she, she wouldn't do that. But she's going to uh, come. She's going to come anyway. Yeah, but this is an invitation for two, not one.
0: Well, no, I did say to, I did say that to her. I did say that to her. Um, it's very much up in the air. It's very okay, the air. okay. Well, well I'll,
1: I'll leave, leave I'll leave that with you. And if you don't, then I'm, I'm sure. Um, a few people on Twitter want to come with me anyway. How's that? I mean, you, be, you might be paying <laughs> Can you imagine? a fair, a fair bit, late oh, God. Look, come, to, come to Vegas with me. Crikey. Uh, I'll, um, I'll, find, I'll tell you what, I'll open up all my blocked people and, and do a potluck and do a lucky dip and see who comes out, shall I? They're a lovely bunch. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Uh, right, let's let's move on. Let's talk some football. Wolverhampton Wanderers one. Liverpool, nil at half-time. It's all great. It's all happy. It's all rosy. Uh -uh. Um, Good, the bad and the ugly. It's been a while. So, look, look, I'm not going to go over and over and over the game. But let's talk about the good first. Let's talk about the good. And that is the first half. And that is, of course, debutant Bellegarde, who I thought was absolutely sensational, especially in that first half, Liam. This breaking from... The centre midfield driving runs. I said it a bit tongue in cheek that he'd done more in one half of football than than Matias Nunes had done in a in a season. But I mean, from an impactful point of view, um, on debut against one of the best sides in the league, that's that's nothing short of a pretty fantastic. It's very special. Um, let's let's talk about him first. I understand he tied in the second half, Liam, and, and that's that's to be expected and needed to be taken off, but. Um as a as a home debut for a lad who got signed very late on September the first on deadline day, this was as good as Wolves could have hoped for, wasn't it?
0: I think so. I mean I mean the writing was on the wall really in the first I think it was fifty-five seconds or something to that effect when he picked the ball almost on the half turn in midfield. Very, very skillfully, just danced beyond almost rolled his shoulder beyond a Liverpool midfielder. And started charging towards the the defense. I think he ended up playing a pass to Neto in the end. That was within the first minute. You know, picking the ball up in a dangerous area, very very swift on the turn, and then his burst of pace with the ball. And we said before, you know, this game after signing him on deadline day, that he was, you know, from a profile point of view, that he was very much a like for like replacement, as close as you can be at least to Mateus Nunes, and. For all of the skills Nunes had in carrying the ball and running with the ball and all those things that he was clearly very good at, but didn't, you know, overall have a, a massive impact at Wolves, Bellegarde showed that straight away. He showed exactly why Wolves replaced Nunes with him. He was the exact kind of forward thinking, dynamic, creative midfielder that I think Wolves have been crying out for. And, um, yeah, the first minute, writing was on the wall. And then from then onwards, the the whole 45, I thought he was absolutely superb, uh, alongside Neto, of course. And, um, look, he was... One of the the biggest things I can give him a a compliment for moving away from all of those skills with running with the ball on the turn, all the things that we expected of him that were still very good, was that how many times did he get his body in the box? And how many times have we not seen Wolves players get their body in the box over the last couple of seasons? Um, there was countless times when Neto or Huang were, you know, making runs or putting crosses in, and Bellegarde was making late runs, or he was even making runs beyond Cunha, something to just give the defenders something to think about at the very least, and then hopefully at the most, you know, later down the line he'll get on the end of one of those and and score. And if he can add any kind of numbers to this Wolves team. This season, goals, assists, it's only gonna help this side that is so low on those numbers, and Wolves need a bit more of that for midfield. So really impressed with him. Thought he did really, really well, and um I know we'll come on to Luton, but I think with that kind of performance, he, he probably keeps his place for, for the
1: time being, doesn't he? I think so. And and you know, like you say, worked out worked pretty well with Neto in that first half. Is is Pedro Neto now the first name on the team sheet when it comes to to Gary O'Neill selecting? I mean he spoke glowingly of him in the post-match press conference and, you know, the second leading assist maker in the in the Premier League for someone who hasn't scored many goals, it is pretty, pretty impressive. And they've talked about end product a lot with with Pedro Neto and staying fit. I mean, first of all, he has stayed fit, touch wood. And that I think is why we're seeing someone who's starting to I don't think he's there yet, but starting to get back to the best form that we've seen Neto in which which incredibly was probably like three or four years ago now with, with with the injuries that he's had. But still young, kind of looks like he's taking up a bit of a leadership role at this football club. I know he's not in the leadership group, but I feel like he's someone who, on the pitch, stature-wise and watching him on Saturday, is someone people are looking to, um, of course, to make an impression on the game. But, you know, he's, even though, like I say, he's, he's pretty young, he's still one of the more senior players in this side because of the length of time he's been at this football club, and End Product just isn't scoring goals. It's assists, and he's starting to really deliver on that front. And should have more, by the way, if it wasn't for the finishing of others, which we'll get, which we'll get onto. But as a as a start to the season, five games in, I'm pretty excited about what we've seen from the the Portuguese international.
0: Absolutely, um, I'll, I'll highlight his performance at Liverpool with with two chances. Uh, or two moments rather, one being the setup for Huang's goal. I mean, the the solo run there to cut inside, slobber sly, go past Gomez. I mean, it was wasn't even. I mean, he couldn't even get anywhere near him as he went past him to put the cross in. Absolutely wonderful, the solo run for that close control, speed, dynamism, everything. And then the second one is setting up the Cunha chance. That of course he should have scored to make it two nil. Brings the ball down out of the air. First touch, nutmeg. Joe Gomez and then, you know, carries it a few yards but puts in an absolute peach of a cross. Um, Neto has been absolutely wonderful. you know, Gary O'Neill has been very, very adamant all season. I know it's you know only been five games, but all season after games we've been talking about Neto, probably been the highlight of you know, most fixtures so far. And he's been adamant that he's been absolutely brilliant off the pitch, been amazing on it, he's been magnificent since I've been here. And um, you can understand why he's speaking so glowingly of him. I think he's been wonderful. Really, really has. And um, it's this kind of consistency. Again, it's, I know it's, a, it's an easy word to throw out, but with a lot of these Wolves players, it has been the problem. And consistency has been the key for him coming back from injury. But he now looks stronger from the injury. He looks more confident. He looks settled. He looks fit. And um, I, I know it's an easy conclusion to come to uh, again, really, but... As a kind of player who was young, maybe a little bit naive at times around his injury. I think he seems to have grown up a little bit more as well. Seems a bit more comfortable in himself. Um, if he can keep this up, he'll have one hell of a season. And I'll highlight it, you know, end, ending on this. Wolves scored 31 goals in 38 Premier League games last season. We all know that stat, really, really poor. But in those 31 goals, they you know, this is amongst the whole team. They got 12 assists. 12 assists in the Premier League. Is, is absolutely incredible. And Neto's got four already. So um that that's a, you know, I think you've got to highlight that. Um if he has some goals to it, that'd be great. But if mm. he finishes on a hell of a load of assists, I think we'll be more than happy. So um yeah, really, really impressed with him. And then just to add to the, you know, a little bit on the stats as well. Neves and and Pedence have got six goals last season. Top goal scorers. Huang's already on three in five games. You beat think, me to
1: it. You beat me to it, Kino.
0: There you go. Like I always do. Like I always do. Um <laughs> well, let me just go, let me just let me just rant. Let me go straight on to it. Go Huang, on. Uh, you know how much I like him. Um it's it's a little bit like Totti. I've got a bit of man love for Huang and <laughs> uh, I just think he's a really, really impressive person and player. But again, I come back to things like consistency and injury record. What we've seen so far is I've been really happy with what I've seen from him. I think is the kind of hard-working player, someone who's desperate to play for Wolves, someone who puts a shift in, who is dynamic but powerful with the ball and without it. He didn't actually play that well against Liverpool in comparison to Anetto or Bellegarde, for example. But once again, he was in the right place at the right time for a fairly easy finish and how many times has he popped up and done that three goals in five games he's already halved the uh the the top goal scores from last season and if he stays fit and that's a big if because he has had a lot of injury issues if he stays fit he should easily surpass that this season i think his target should be 10 premier league goals this season mm-hmm. and if he does that he's had a very good season i think and anything above that would be excellent
1: about a month ago we discussed about max Kilman and whether we feel like, maybe, maybe three weeks ago, whether we feel that it was the correct choice to name him captain. And look, I think we are both be honest. We, we both still think that, that I would prefer Max Kilman to be concentrating on his football and probably give it to someone else. We, we kind of disagree slightly with who we would have given it to, but I think that's, that's not really the case in point. At the same time, we said that both Bruno and Lopetegui and now... Gary O'Neill have all rated Max Kilman as um, a leader in this in this club, and that's why. So so fair enough. And, and like I said, we don't see it day to day, and that's probably why he's been given the nod. Same with Huang though, uh, yeah, Liam, true, in the fact true. that that Bruno and and Lopetegui and and of of course Gary O'Neill, when fit, and that's the case when fit because he has had some horrible injuries or annoying injuries that's kept him out two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. But they, he always finds a way back into those teams over those over those three managers. And that's because he is reliable. You know, you, you would have thought that someone maybe who is constantly injured or has had a bad injury record, they kind of go to the back of the queue. But he always finds a way to get back into that starting line because of his contribution, not just with the ball, but off the ball and and the, the ground that he covers in games and that he's very honest and reliable, that he does continue to feature under a plethora of managers is, is credit to the to the lad.
0: Yeah, absolutely reliable actually is the, the word you've used there, I think is absolutely spot on. Um almost and and I don't think in performances wise it's quite the same as this, but it's probably the closest I can think of. Johnny Castro Otto, you know, Nuno time, pre injuries, he was a seven out of ten every week, if not better. But mm-hmm. he was reliable, consistent. I don't think Huang's quite there in performances because you know he will have a dip in performances. But what he is reliable in is all of the dirty work, the shape, all of the discipline. How many times does Huang get booked or get in trouble with with the referee? And I don't. And sometimes it can be a good thing that a, a player is, um, you know, scrapping and having a bit of a having a bit of a go, and occasionally picks up a booking. But Huang doesn't do that, but does it in the right way. Mm. He's still heavily involved in everything Wolves do, and that's both defensively and offensively. And that's why managers, as you to your point every manager has come back and relied on him and come back to him in the team. I think genuinely, he goes a little bit under the radar sometimes. I think you know, fans have given him you know, a fair bit of um, praise over the last maybe six months or so. I think he's, he's built up a, a much uh, better relationship with, with the supporters. And things like you know you coming out of Molineux and taking the picture and spotting him being the only one standing in the rain to see mm. fans after the game. Uh, I can't remember which game that was, but it was fairly recent, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, even the little things like that are gonna—it's probably helped towards his relationship with the fans. So I think I do think fans, you know, are giving him a, a fair shake as well at the moment. But overall, he does go under the radar quite a bit for the work he does on and off the ball. And uh, I don't think he's first name on the team sheet every week at this moment in time. But I don't think he's far off it. I think people like Neto are obviously ahead of him. But I think he's there or thereabouts as someone who's really integral to the, the way Wolves play. I think.
1: Yeah, and look, again, just saying about South Korea, we, we didn't see it, but this guy is an absolute rock star over there, by the way. I mean, Absolutely. apart from apart from Hyun min Son, you know, who, of course, is known around the world, this guy is, is pretty much second to him. And, you know, like you say, he's starting to get a bit of a name. And there's also... A lot of clubs he's always linked with, with, with clubs and moves in, in transfer windows as well so it's not just us there's a lot of other people who can see what he does and I think that maybe like you say fans are maybe come around to it a little bit slower than others but are starting to see the impact that he is making in games now.
0: Yeah definitely there's a reason why to the same point about the managers liking him there's a reason why the clubs like him and there's a reason why he's become the sort of Figure he has back home in in South Korea as well. Uh, yeah, I think he's a very talented player. I think he's a very good person to have around the training ground and in the team. And of course, his English is a lot better now than it was previously. So little things like that are going to really help him as well. Yeah, I think he's a. Uh, I think he's really important for Wolves, and I would love it just for Wolves' benefit, of course, but for him personally as well to go on and get that you know ten plus goals in the in the league this season. I think that would do him the world of good. And if, if he's doing that, then it's only going to help Wolves, so it can only be a win-win.
1: Sure, so that was the good. A uh, bit of a longer section than I anticipated, but that's fine. It's nice to talk um, glowingly about a few players, because um, we're going go to go on to a couple of, of mentions that isn't going particularly well. And look, When you've only got three three points in the first five games, then of course it's not all going to be uh, roses and cupcakes, is it? Look, um, Mateus Cunha's miss, uh, two misses really in that first half. He knew it. He knows it. Gary O'Neill knows it. The fans know it. He's not in the kind of form, finishing-wise, anywhere near Premier League standard at this moment in time. Now, I'm not saying that he's not a Premier League standard player, because I think he is. And actually, he he's going to be, even though people will probably argue this, I would say a nailed-on starter for Luton. And beyond that, because his link-up play is better, or way better, than any other striker at this football club, um, central striker I'm including you know Fabio in this and Kalajic in that um you know he's got he's got to keep on going but he knew sat on that bench and you could see him just kind of like slumped in the in the seat what two nil Wolves would have meant and would have probably dictated made this game I think a lot more different scoreline wise than than it finished up I think two nil up and out I'm going to hedge my bets and say Wolves win that game because I think they were that shell-shocked and it was that dominant that the crowd and the atmosphere of being 2-0 up would have probably just about carried them over the line. Um and the other one Jose Saar, which you know that second goal, I mean it's not just I've got we got a bit of stick for this actually of, of maybe talking about Saar's goal in the um that led to led to Robertson's second for Liverpool. Um, saying, well, look, he's gone through midfield, and the way that he's been allowed to to get through and make runs, and no one's tracking him, I and mean, I get all that, but I think a lot of people are looking at judging at that ball about where it's landed and and what Roberts has done with it since. But if you rewind and you go back five, six, seven seconds, and you look at it from that kick as well, um, I mean, Gary O'Neill called it was it crazy, a crazy moment, or absolutely he, crazy, he absolutely said, yeah. crazy. So you know that is and and it was insane. And when you go back to the actual goal kick. And you see the goal kick from Saar. It was just before you know it goes under him and you know he gets beaten. It was a calamity of, of errors, really. So, yeah, just a word on them too. Really, both both going through Jose Saar. We we get this with Jose Saar. We know what we're getting with it. Sometimes he's brilliant, and other times he's you know he's got to do better. But also also Kunya, is he? Do you agree that he's the one that Wolves will continue to persevere with, um, even though he's missing? Chances like the first one, which obviously was the most glaring. Yeah, I think to your point, he's again
0: quite integral to how Wolves play, and some people might not like to hear that because the work he does off the ball, the work he does with the ball to link play up, he's better at holding it up than some than, than some of the forwards as well. I think he's actually quite important to the way Wolves are trying to play at the moment. I do think I do think I prefer him playing with a Fabio or with a Mm Collider rather than on his own but um, I'd be very surprised if at any point he he drops out of the the starting eleven. to be perfectly honest and the problem you've got is as integral as I believe and I think probably Gary Neal believes uh, Mateus Cunha is, you pay £43 million for for a forward and they don't score that chance um, in that first half he could have stood there and not moved and just you know Arch his neck back and headed mm-hmm. back to the bottom corner um, he probably had time to even bring it down take a touch and put it into the bottom corner um, for someone of his quality and the money Wolves spent on him that should be an easy chance and that should be 2-0 um, I completely agree with you I think Wolves win that game if, if they're 2-0 up look at last season they went 2-0 up quite quickly uh, at home to Liverpool and then while Liverpool were pushing in the second half Wolves scored a third on the break and won 3-0 it's probably a very similar situation. Whether they get that third goal or not is neither here nor there. But it's probably a very similar situation, I think. And, and Wolves we'll probably hold out and win that game had he scores that. And of course, the second one, that again, going into the radar a little bit that you, you've mentioned, um, it's less about the fact that it's the chance itself of him taking the shot from sort of edge of the box and spooning it over the bar. It's the fact that he doesn't pick out Neto on the left. I mean, Neto's free. He's made a run. If he plays Neto win and Neto takes a first-time left-footed shot or something to that effect, he probably puts it bottom corner and Wolves the 2-0 up. So um, two big errors there for me. But of course, the the, the the header or whatever it was that he actually made contact with the ball was the, the biggest mistake. And, and unfortunately, it's just not good enough for a player of not just the money Wolves played, paid for him rather, but his actual quality. I think he's a very good footballer and some of that quality has to be scoring that. And then Jose Sal as well. I feel a little mm-hmm. bit, I'm a little bit... Torn with him at the moment because you look at him against Everton, some of the saves he made. Uh, well, I didn't, obviously, I had to watch it on a screen after. <laughs> uh, I still, still still haven't seen
1: the first team win this season. Oh, well, um, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to mention it, Liam, but uh, now I, I, you're I've seen onto the women it. and
0: the 21s win, though, so I don't
1: think I'm the Stop problem. It. Don't think I'm the Stop it. Stop it. You're going to be going down to Wolves under 9 to next to try and get a W. I don't, I don't care. I'll take, I'll take whatever I can at this point. I don't care. I mean, when you um, say you haven't seen Wolves CD team win this season, you've seen four defeats out of four
0: yeah exactly <laughs> exactly that's exactly what I mean it's, it's, it's a sad state of affairs but it's, oh, I'm dude. not the problem um, well, <laughs> well I like to think that anyway so yeah Sam so, so a little bit torn he sees some of the saves he makes and it's absolutely world class some of the saves he makes mm-hmm. and then he goes and makes a mistake like that now again I, I spoke about this um, we, we neither of us did this in the video and I, which we probably should have done um, in, in hindsight we've both done it since I think you know you've spoken about it I've written about it the fact that When Robertson picks that ball up and and makes a a pass out wide to Salah and makes a run through midfield, Jao Gomez doesn't track him and then no one from the defence picks him up. That is really poor. I mean, there's two banks of four there uh, that Mm -hmm. have not picked him up whatsoever and I think it's really poor. 100% those players are also at fault for, for not picking him up. But that situation doesn't happen if Jose Sar does not just have a rush of blood Mm-hmm. An attempt to play a long ball to pick Neto out. What he should be doing at that point, 85 minutes into the game at 1-1, is he picks that ball out of the air and he hits the deck. 100%. And every other goalkeeper in the Premier League hits the deck at that point. I don't think there's one goalkeeper at any club that tries to tries to play, obviously unless the scoreline is different, but in that context, that tries to play a ball where... You hit the deck and you waste a bit of time. We don't like time-wasting. It's a bit boring. But unfortunately, that situation, Wolves needed to hold on for some sort of result. And that's what he should have done. And it was a mistake. Um, he tried to play the pass, uh, a long ball over to Neto. He scuffed the, the the kick, really. It lofted directly up into the air. And Robertson picked it up. And, and obviously, the rest is, is history. Yeah, I think those kind of rushes of blood. It's interesting Gary Neal after the game talking about trying to coach that unpredictability out of the team that they were a bit loose is the way he described it, where in previous... Obviously, he's talking about under Lopetegui, but, you know, didn't name him. He said previously they've been allowed to uh, be a bit too loose and a bit too unpredictable and a bit too free. And he doesn't mean don't play with attacking freedom, but he means be disciplined at the right moments. And Wolves weren't in that moment and conceded because of it. And then the third goal, obviously, is... Means nothing at this point, but um, apart from you, obviously, you're very happy. Um, <laughs> wow, which we'll come on to. Uh, oh, come God. On, so <laughs> you dirty little rat! <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. So yeah, disappointed. Um, from two players that, I, to be honest, I, I expect better
1: of. I'll put it mm. that way. Well, let's 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 get it over with then. Um, yeah, I may or may not have looked. At, um, some people might know that I've, I've put a couple of quid on um the odds might once a year to uh, have a couple of bets and um i did look at the team and i, and I always have a look at max kilman because i think that max kilman it should score three goals a season or four goals a season and he's always 50 to 1 and he wasn't on saturday for some reason he was 28 to 1 which i don't fancy as much so i'm looking at the teams and i'm thinking no no trent no van dyke and i'm looking at Andy Robertson thinking, well, he's probably gonna be on a few set pieces and probably get forward a little bit with the t- these two guys who normally come up for set pieces and corners and whatnot. Now I didn't expect him to break for midfield and, and score score a goal. But um yeah, he was um he was thirty three to one so and may or may not have had a little dabble on him for the last goal. And of course Harvey Elliott scores the third, or what we thought was Harvey Elliott, so the bet's dead. And then he gets changed to a Hugo Bueno own goal which means that it's not classified as a goal scorer and it goes back to the second goal which was Andy Robertson so basically that's the money that's waiting for you to come to Las Vegas that's <laughs> 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 what I'm trying to say S- smart move to bring that back smart move you like that don't you I did do you dirty there but it's fine it's fine it's all good mate um, look um <sighs> Post-match press conference, Gary O'Neill. I thought he was actually better in the post-match press conference today. Um, On on, on Saturday, he was a little bit more open, I think, to some of the questions. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with some of his answers, but I felt that he was better than what he has been. Uh, Look, there was a tweet that I put out. A few people have got a bit of grumbles with it, you know, saying about context. It's basically, you know, saying you asked him the question that, that Wolves have conceded 10 out... 10 goals out of the 11 in the second half. You know, is there an issue there? And he kind of said, look, most goals are scored out in the second half. And he went on to elaborate about that. But, um, you know, sometimes I guess it was fairly, I thought it was fairly self-explanatory what, what he was answering, but maybe maybe it wasn't. Um, but I'm trying to get stuff out there, as people know, as soon as quickly as possible. So it's basically what Gary O'Neill's saying. Um, do you think there's an issue? He doesn't think there's an issue in the second half. I... I I think there's a bit, bit more of an issue than, than probably he's making out. And I understand that Liverpool have got stronger bench than most and, and they can make impactful substitutions. But let's be honest, you know, Wolves have got good players that they can bring on, you know, strong international players as well. I don't feel that the the gap in the last 20 to 30 minutes of games should be as, um, as wide as, as what it's showing in, in some of these defeats.
0: Yeah, I think... He actually made quite a decent point, O'Neill, after the game that uh, there, there was two parts to the point. One being that if we were able to keep up that same performance in the first half as we did in the second half, the full ninety against a team like Liverpool, we'd probably be going for the title. Um, and then equally, that you know, it's it's difficult for for Wolves to hold on to a result against that 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 kind of team, really, and albeit, yeah, he makes a decent point in the sense that you know Liverpool obviously got bigger resources and, and better players. I thought it was a little bit of a cop-out really mm. that you have such a good performance like that and in the context of the game you should be coming away with something yeah, you, you can't just go, if, well, they've got better plays than us. Exactly. Even if it's not three points and you get through to the 85th minute and you haven't conceded, then obviously the Robertson goal goes in. But mm. you get to that point in the in the game and uh, it's still 1-1. I think in the context and the way you, you played, you should be coming away with something. And I think he's been a little bit overprotective of some of his players and some of the mm. performances so far. I mean, look at the, um, the post-match press conference after Palace. You know, he said it. I didn't think it was a game we were ever going to lose, and well, exactly. I, I, I don't know if I was watching a completely different game. But I didn't think it was a game we were ever not going to lose if, no, at agreed. certain points, if I'm honest. Um, so it it just felt a bit. I don't. I just think he's a little bit a little bit too protective of some of the players and performances at the moment. And I, I get why because look, he's come in short notice. He's mm-hmm. going to try and get everyone on side, and he's trying to make. Sure, get his, his methods across. So I understand why, but I do. You don't think want to bury your
1: player when it's like oh and great yeah, exactly. to work with them, with
0: especially that, so early. With that absolutely crazy comment, he didn't name Jose, so he didn't even mm. name the, the the moment he was talking about, I and mean, it was pretty obvious yeah. what he was talking about. But um, so yeah, I, I do think there's a little bit of that at the moment. And to the point about second halves, and you know, it, of, of the eleven goals, ten of them have been in the second half so far. Um, Wolves seems to be burning out a little bit at the moment. Mm. You look at you know they ran themselves into the ground in the first half against liverpool and by 60 minutes mario Lamina was absolutely cooked he was mm-hmm. done he was he was absolutely out on his feet and as much as i praise and credit those players for fighting and, and playing so hard for the, for the club at the same time there's got to be maybe something a little bit more calculated about the way wolves are going about it and at the same time probably fitness levels. Now that might be too easy to say, maybe being a little bit too harsh and it's something I'll be asking Gary Neal about as well. But that's on the face of it what it seems what it seems like uh, what, what it seems to be. So they for me that's the that's the biggest point. Wolves are just burning out in games at the moment and not able to hang on to them and that's really where they've probably lost a few results. Um you can go back to United on the opening day. Missed chances is a is a big part of it, of course it is. But conceding fairly late and then you go through all mm-hmm. of the games so far it's it's either moments or second-half moments where Wolves are are losing fixtures.
1: 16th, Wolves played five. 1-1, drawn zero, lost four. Goal difference of minus six, Liam, uh, and three points. So 16th, probably where they should be, really, at this moment in time. Maybe a bit fortunate to be 16th, I would say, in the the Glob update. Of course, Luton still to get off the mark. uh, But uh, Burnley and Everton... Um, are below Wolves in that table with a point apiece. Again, I'm taking Sheffield United out of it, for people who don't know. Sheffield United and Luton I'm not including, but the glob of it's Burnley at the bottom, then Everton, then Wolves, then Bournemouth. And then you've got high up the table, you've got the likes of Fulham, Crystal Palace, Nottingham Forest, all being 8th, ninth, and 10th. Um, Now, look, that's that's only on seven points. Now, if they go to Luton and win on Saturday, that table looks a lot better. You know, you, you go... You got six points from six games. They're going to be probably towards the top end of the bottom half of the table. And I know it's early days. However, and we'll we'll come on to on to previewing the game and how important it actually is, regardless of this early stage, for for a number of reasons. But but you, I think we discussed actually at the start of the season. This was a horrible opening game, a horrible opening opening few games. Sorry for Wolves to start the season. We probably would have taken, I think we would have taken six points from the first six games. Get in, get out, get the six points, which realistically, a point a game, you stay up in the Premier League with 38 points. Now, we want Wolves to be 40s, 50s, of course we do. But to get through those, you know, difficult fixtures that they've, that they've faced, and then we've got Man City to come and they've got some difficult home games on the, on the way, but it's it's not an easy opening uh, to have six from six isn't the end of the world, but the difference between six from six and and three from six is is pretty massive.
0: You're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> coming coming on to uh, yeah, quite a big game this weekend. But you look at yeah, the fixtures as you as you pointed out, they have been tough, haven't they? And they don't get much easier at home. You know, City coming up next. Obviously not this weekend, but following weekend uh, at home. Villa at home before the international break, Spurs at home, Newcastle at home, that takes you through to, I think, end of November, if I'm, if I'm right there, the away fixtures you've got Bournemouth, and that's about all I can remember, apart, <laughs> apart from Luton <Luther laughs> this weekend, um, let me have a quick check, I mean, the, the. it's interesting because what was the, one of the biggest keys to Wolves staying up last season, it was the home form, wasn't it? mm now all of a sudden and we we discussed this before the season started really when you looked at the the fixtures and looked at uh, the first sort of seven or eight home fixtures and how difficult they were for Wolves that Wolves are going to have to get something on their travels they have done that of course at at Everton um, but Luton's absolutely huge coming up now and and, and then just looking at the other away games Bournemouth as I mentioned on the 21st of October Sheffield United the 4th of November Fulham 25th of November and then after that you're going into December and you've got Arsenal uh, away but that these sort of October November spell now of home and away games, it yeah, it very much is. It's a it's an even split of away games that are winnable, home mm-hmm. games that are a lot tougher. And but you'd rather have those at home, wouldn't you? I, yeah, I suppose you would. You I suppose you would. But then Wolves, you banking on Wolves' home form to be the thing. Well, if exactly. Yeah, and that's, I mean, gonna, true, that's yeah. the thing that's going to yeah. get them through. Then they are you know you're, you're you know fishing around for scraps at the moment. So. Wolves, we all know how football works. Wolves are gonna all of a sudden, you know, they could have easily beaten Liverpool on Saturday and then gone and lost to Luton this weekend, or they could go and beat Man City next weekend and then lose to Sheffield United away. We we know how football works. It doesn't mean on paper that they're gonna win those games and lose the other ones. Sure. But you have to try and take care of some of these fixtures now, starting this weekend, that are what you would categorise as bankers mm-hmm. for keep staying, keeping you in the league. And I just hope that Wolves don't have a Huddersfield moment mm-hmm. from a few seasons. That's but very,
1: very much um, completely correct in that Huddersfield moment. I mean, I can remember that badly. They won um, three games all season, didn't they? And two yeah, of them were Wolves going yeah. away. Mm-hmm.
0: So the old I John mean, Smith Stadium. <laughs> exactly. So can't wait. It's it's um, it's a, it's almost a daunting prospect to think about you know, this game coming up and, and and how important some of these fixtures are but you know and also if you get a result against Liverpool the pressure's off a little bit going into mm-hmm. this game but I mean the pressure is on now you've got to I mean you have to win this game but at the very least you don't lose it
1: yeah um, right well, well we'll preview that game coming up uh, first of all uh, I want to discuss Liam um, and you teased it last night uh, we are recording this so you're going to be listening to this hopefully if you listen to it straight away Thursday afternoon you might have already watched part 1 or, or 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 both parts but we had the pleasure of sitting down with Fabio Silva earlier on this week for a interview an extended interview that is available on video and of course written as well that i don't think we've had the opportunity of doing this with a with a current player for on camera since I've arrived at the football, at the football club, bloody hell! Since I arrived at the newspaper eight, eight years ago, eight nine years ago, it was a pleasure to sit down with Fabio, um, and he was um, pretty, pretty damn impressive, really, in the way that he spoke for a twenty-one-year-old lad. Uh, at the good times, the struggles, getting to know him, getting to know his family, getting to know what he's thinking, what he's what he's going through, and what I walked away from this interview with, which we're not going to talk too much about it. Well, I think we're going to discuss it next Tuesday when we do the next podcast, because I don't want to give away too much. But what I walked away from, Liam, is that there's very few players who I've interviewed throughout my career that have spoke so openly and honestly at such a young age about how they're feeling. And I felt like he was very, very, forthcoming with his emotions. And it was very, not raw, but open. And I hope that people, whether you are fans of Fabio, whether you're frustrated with him, look, we all get frustrated with him at times. I I completely understand that. And I'm not giving the guy a pass by any means, but I hope that it will at least, when you watch it or you come to watch it, and I implore you to do so, um, just understand and maybe you know what this lad's gone through over the last 3 to 4 years playing under four different managers he's only 21 years old four different managers you know two to three lo- two loan spells last season it's it's you know going through covid it's a, it's a it's a tumultuous time for anyone let alone a young lad who's come from abroad into a new country into the best league in the world who's called upon you know when when someone goes down with your main striker with a fractured skull, it's a it's a lot to it's a lot going on there. And I thought actually he um spoke so so well, way better than I thought he would do. And I think he should be commended. you know, you did a great interview, Liam, and I felt like it was um it was hopefully it comes across um for people watching it that it that they can Maybe just take a step back and understand what we see on the pitch and what we see behind closed doors are are sometimes two completely different things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's done a great job of uh, of selling it there, so you should, I should hire you as a as my PR <laughs> man. Um, it's it's uh, yeah. As I, I, I have to say, I won't give anything away um, in terms of what he said, but you know, briefly on a, on a couple of the topics he he, he covered as well, I, I will mention them very briefly. But um, yeah, to your point, completely agree that he. Came across really well. This is a 21-year-old lad who is come under a fair bit of criticism, sometimes rightly, sometimes wrongly. And you know, it's not his first language, but he's learned English pretty well. He, he came over to Wolves as an 18-year-old during COVID, as, as you just said. It's very difficult to to make all those different changes and transitions. So he, you know, the first part that's going to be coming out uh, tonight, Thursday, Thursday night, is all about what happened this summer. Um, of course there's lots of talk about him potentially leaving um and he's very open and honest about mm-hmm. that and I, and I hope it will you know will give fans a an idea of what happened and and you know the people he spoke to 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 keep him at wolves in the end um and then to to your point about the the struggles and and difficult times uh, in his early time at wolves um that will come in the second part which will be friday evening and the most sort of yeah, I suppose interesting or emotional uh Part of that conversation was talking about the 21 22 season when, when Bruno Large came in. And of course, he played, um, didn't play a lot to start with. He had a, a sort of a run where he started a few games, but didn't score a single Premier League goal that season. And, um, and he talked very openly and honestly about that. And I think it's a, a really good, um, hopefully, marker for you know, interviews for the future. Because you mm-hmm. don't see things like this very often um, in, in in the Premier League and in modern football of players being able to sit down and do and do things like this. Now, this isn't going to happen every week, of course it isn't. But no. I would like to think that you know Fabio's shown that it can be done and, and still be done in the right way. I was really impressed with him. He's a really good guy, really nice guy, and uh, he's a kind of guy as with uh, you know quite a lot of the Wolves players because Wolves have done a good job, I think, in in recruiting players and bringing players in that are good people and and you know you know people that you want to do well um he's, he's one of those and you know the Wolves fans love him uh in the stadium and I think on social media there's been a, quite a lot of criticism again sometimes rightly sometimes wrongly but I would like to think that him having a chance to talk will, will change a few minds or enlighten a few people and and give him the opportunity he needs to to push on
1: yeah ballsy to do it as well you know Definitely. five games played uh you know and, you, and you've you lost four of them and he started in the majority you know of premier league games it's um you know he didn't have to do this he didn't have to do this and i think that's important you could quite happily you know hide hide away i mean the players are not they don't need to come and speak to us and um, they could could do a club interview or whatever but the fact that they they wanted to do it and get across really a little bit more about fabio silva the person and um and to do it at a, at a time when i guess obviously there's a lot of frustration in the in the fan base on a variety of different issues on and off the field um is um is is commendable really so yeah i implore people to to watch it um if you listen to this before or or afterwards and you haven't watched it yet please do please tune in it's on youtube it's on the site uh leem's tweeted it i'll tweet it as well um it's it's a really really good watch part one thursday 10 30 pm part two friday 10 30 pm you can also buy the newspaper as well on friday or saturday Morning to um to get uh, the full written transcript as well, but of course it will be online. And um, again, no 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 payment needed. Just put your details and your email details in, subscribe, and it'll be all there for you uh, Thursday and Friday night. Okay, great stuff. Shall we talk um, about from one legend, a uh, potential living legend, um, to another, and that is Kettle and Toaster Man, Kettle and Toaster Man, baby. Dot, co, dot uk. Now, um, Liam, what would you like? Would you like? I've just. Tell you what, I'm going to go into this because, can I do this? Yeah, I can. I don't know about you. I, I've, I've, I've never clicked on this tab before. Um, obviously, I've done a lot of research and I have it all on my tabs ready to go. So, um, um, you know, I've had this out for a good couple of hours and not just literally three seconds ago when I saw it and clicked on it. Um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of insects at the moment. Are you getting some insects? A lot of flies I, kicking around. I misheard you for a second. Um what <laughs> <laughs> Excuse ah. me. <laughs> um, Plenty of that as well, lad. Plenty. I've <laughs> been away for six days, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Mate. Oh, right.
0: Compose yourself. Um, in- yes, insects. A, in fact, there is a lot of insects at the moment. Now that you mentioned,
1: <laughs> not it. just not just you swarming around my grill on a Saturday <laughs> Excuse afternoon. Excuse me. Uh, it's. Um, the, the, I don't know. We've just got like loads of little flies that get in, and of course we need letting the dogs out at night. And you've got the lights on in the kitchen, and they come in, But. There's like loads of daddy long legacies and there's you know like all these fruit flies and stuff. Like it's getting it's, it's getting on my it's getting on my nerves. I was going to say something else then, but I'll say my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you can get you can get cause you I you? It, I have, because I haven't got any. Well, I guess I have. Um, you can get a, a swan insect killer. You know one of these things that you get that kind of like industry standard where they're 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 attracted to the light and then all of a sudden they get absolutely zapped, zapped. I do now, know you, them. Now, you wouldn't think you're going to KetlandToasterMan.co.uk for this kind of product, but you are. You are. And this is industry standard, industry strength, ultraviolet lights. I mean, Liam, you're going to be attracted to this before you go into and <laughs> get, get shocked. It's that It's that lovely. Um, stick that down. Kitchen, living room, outside, workplace. I mean, it's an absolute dream how much you're paying for it to get rid of all those bugs. I mean,
0: if, if it's going to help you that much and it's that mm. strong, it's got to be like 60 quid.
1: Oh, mate, it's not. It's 120 are you being serious? No, it's £45. Pounds. 45 <laughs> it's quid. 45 me about quid. That. Uh, 45 quid. Get yourself down. Of course, Can't you bad know bad. all your all the appliances, kitchen sets, kettles, toasters, microwaves, cooking appliances, air fryers, blenders, ovens, kitchen bins, laundry, heating, cooling, and of course, Swan Insect Killer. Kell and Toasterman. Right, questions. Are you ready? Let's do it. Gladiator ready. Keen? You, who would you? Who was your favourite gladiator growing up, or was it before your time? Um, the the original. You like, yeah, I mean, you do look. You do talk a lot about your biceps. I mean, they
0: are in the car, <laughs> the uh, on the way to model uh, you the other day, I was showing you them, wasn't I? I, know, I mean,
1: literally. I mean, literally. They are top drawer. Though. Literally, you are driving the car, and, and you literally just flex and go, look at these. <laughs> I I'm mean, I'm, you think I'm making it up? People listening, the twenty odd thirty thousand of you listening this week. That is literally what this guy does. He literally just, from nowhere, just like looks to the right, <laughs> looks to the left, rolls his little short sleeve shirt up and just goes, flexes and goes, oh, these are unbelievable. Okay, I don't quite say that. I just say, um, I'm, say have a taste on these, lad. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Look at these things. <laughs> unbelievable. I am jacked, lad. I am jacked, is what I, I, I think you said.
0: I do, I do actually say- <laughs>
1: It's unbelievable. That. Honestly, you think I'm living with a comedy character? It's absolutely astonishing. It's tongue-in-cheek. It's tongue-in-cheek. Um, but
0: they—they are, they are really <laughs> great, though. Um, no, the the original Gladiators was before my time, but they did a reboot on Sky. Okay. I want to say like early two thousands, something like that, and that was sort of like when I was a young kid, and I would—I was—I used to watch that one, um, mm. but I couldn't tell you the names of any of them. I wouldn't know. So, oh. yeah, buzzing. You know they're bringing it back, by the way. Are they really? You no, know, literally. They're, they're, I think they're filming it right now. It's coming out in like a few weeks or a few months or something like that. I, I saw them doing like some press stuff for it recently. They're actually, they. I think, I'm not sure what channel it's on, but they're bringing it back. Yeah.
1: Oh wow, interesting. Um, I think it was yeah, a to go on, surprisingly, but you never know. I was a big. No, I mean, you never know, Key. I mean, there could be a second job for you there. Um, and <laughs> if the Fabio interview doesn't go down very well, then you know, matter to apply. <laughs> get, get yourself on the gauntlet, lad. Um I did a good job. There was um, back in the day. My favourite, oh, jet, jet mate, unbelievable, unbelievable. Right. And Middlesbrough <laughs> fan as well, but she was, she was. Um, I think her name was Diane Udal, but Middlesbrough fan, and uh, yeah, she was, she was the one. Obviously, from a um combative background, and um her skills with the bugle stick were were unrivalled. To be fair, uh, no comment. No comment, okay. Right, um, for some reason my Twitter's not working on the screen, so I'm just trying to buy myself some time to find these questions. Give me a second. Uh, I don't know why that's not working. Okay, here we go. Are you ready for some questions, Keynote? Let's do it. Oh, wow. Oh, this is astonishing. You might have to read some of the questions here, because it's even though I've got 37, 40 questions, it's not letting me access any of them apart from one, so you might wow. have to look at them. Well, well you know what? For for one week only, should we no, turn, no, shall we no, turn no. the tables on let's, on you? Right. Let's not, let's not go crazy here. Right. But can Mr. you see Nathan them all? Judah, Question number one for you. In one. That was bullseye, by the way, for the people who, who um, used to watch this one back in the day. Um, yeah. From the Wolf Pack. Well, that's, we, that's the only one I can see. I can see that one, <laughs> so I can ask you that one. It's the others that
0: I can't see. No, Judah, this is for you, my friend. Uh, which okay. new striker would you realistically want Wolves to sign in
1: January? Oh. After you, you go. <laughs> Goodness me, don't like it, don't like it. Um, I I would say, and I think that they do need someone realistically. um, It's actually someone in the Championship, I would say, Liam, and someone who tried to force a move on deadline day. I think it collapsed last minute. And he's playing for uh, for who who I think are absolutely nailed on certainties to come straight back up, and that's Leicester City. And that's Patson Dacca who scores goals, they're playing Vardy and Iheanacho at this moment in time and Dacu has been kind of slowly reintegrated after his move calling, falling through, but I mean, you look at that strike force, I know Vardy's 97 or whatever, but but you know Vardy, Daka, Um and Daka scored plenty of goals when they were struggling last season um, in the Premier League, he you knows where the back of the net is and I feel like someone who has that kind of Premier League experience who's attainable and Wolves have got some money now it depends what they want, but you know if he's if he's starting to kick up a fuss in January, you might even get him on loan with a with a view to buy or an obligation or something like that. If they can get someone like that to who's a central striker, who's a poacher, who knows where the back of the net is, who can help you for six months and potentially more, um, I think that, that he could be an excellent signing. Look, twenty four years old, Liam, there's 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 plenty of scope here for him to if, if it is potentially well we'll only do it with an obligation if you, let's say, you stay up or whatever. I think that's that's someone who there's a bit more to find there and would be a realistic... You can look, you can go crazy and look at other attain, unattainable signings, but this is a realistic signing who sat on the bench at Leicester City who I think would, be, would jump at the chance to join someone like Wolverhampton Wanderers.
0: Well, wow, that was a very detailed answer in the end. I'm oh, uh, sorry.
1: Well, well done. Uh, <laughs> cheers, <laughs> cheers <laughs> Mum. Credit where it's due. <laughs> where, where's, where are all my questions gone? Have you well, got? Can you see them? I can see them all. So I'll. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, you 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 do away. You talk away, and I'm going to try and find them somewhere else. I'm quite enjoying things. this uh, this host of monarchy. I tell um, you what, I don't like. By the way, I hope this isn't true because otherwise, oh, is going to be the 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 end of Twitter and X. But apparently, every single person is going to have to pay a subscription now because it's gone that badly for this lunatic, loony bin in charge. That um, now it's not just to get you your fancy blue sign or whatever to, to pay, you know, which we refuse to do. It's You've got to now, you're going to have to pay two, three, four quid a month to just be on part of X or Twitter, which I think is insane, and that could blow up very, very quickly. But um, So, you know, it is what it is, really. But cray-cray. Well, watch
0: this space. Let's hope that mm-hmm. isn't the case. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe, it's, maybe um, it started for me. It, wait, say again, what?
1: Maybe it started for me. That's why I can't see any of these questions. Oh, well, there you
0: go. You've been kicked off.
1: Um,
0: John Littler. <laughs> Is asking if you could pick one player to return to the club who was left during the Fosin era. Who would you pick other than Nevers? Oh. Now the gif he's included here, Yogo, is, is a gif of the Yogo Jota. And of course, I know it's an easy cop out, but he's the he's the obvious answer, <laughs> isn't <mean, laughs> he? He literally is, isn't he. I mean, I mean he's I, he was he was unbelievable. I'd say him. Do may- Oh, I would, Sorry. I, <laughs> I would maybe say, in if we're talking peak of powers. It, you've got to then oh, I suppose that's not the question is it? I'm changing the question you're trying to change
1: it to Raul aren't
0: you no I'm going to say either Raul or Bolly. if you're talking about if yeah, they're coming back at the peak of their powers when they're at Wolves well, that's not really the question Jota's coming back now as he is mm-hmm. now so Jota's mm-hmm. the obvious one anyone coming back now as they are I mean Pedro Pedro
1: Goncalves or <laughs> <laughs> take him, take him.
0: Uh, otherwise I might be struggling I mean Jota's the obvious answer isn't he obviously other than Nevers
1: yeah I completely agree definitely Wow, I'm loving this uh, <laughs> this in malarkey. Right? I can't find this anywhere. This is insane. I've gone incognito and all I've got is... Um,
0: I've is... gone one for you. This is this is definitely down your, down your, down your street. This is definitely okay. a question for you. I, I couldn't on. even attempt to answer this one. Mm, From Stu. Stewie. If the Wolves press pack were working in a restaurant similar to the one featured in The Bear, who would be the first to crack under the pressure? Come on, be got. You, a got a I mean, I mean, I'm,
1: I'm, str- I'm struggling to be honest because I haven't seen the bear, so I'm, I'm struggling. Nor I, I just know that it's like a chef show, isn't it? Like a, I a didn't show. know. No, I haven't, I haven't seen. I, I wouldn't know. Honestly, you probably know more than me. Oh, um, okay,
0: well, there you go. There you go. You,
1: it would be you though. <laughs> You crack, you would crack. I it's almost us. like an SAS style. You you crack early, wouldn't you? You'd be in tears. But you know when you're blindfolded and you're brought into the the marshal and the colonel and the captain, you're you're in tears within four minutes for the show, hundred percent. Not a chance. Not you'll you'll go chance. all hard and there'll be a little soft centre there. They'll, Excuse they'll, me. They'll, 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 <laughs> I'll do what? <laughs> That's poor from you, that mate. Right.
0: They'll, the <laughs> they'll chip away.
1: They'll chip away. They'll put you up against a wall in it. It was in a position, in a stress position, and you won't like it. You'll have to leave. No, um,
0: I'm mentally and physically strong, so it wouldn't. Okay, excellent, um, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> uh, right. Wow, I can't. I'm, st- I'm, I'm stunned.
1: Stunned. Why isn't
0: Sasha getting game time? That like is from H W V Lover.
1: Well, you might you might agree or disagree with this, but I feel like the system that they're playing at this moment in time probably doesn't suit him completely, apart from maybe a cameo appearance last twenty or thirty minutes. Saying that, I feel like he's probably been underused to overused even with his injury and his comeback. I think we probably see him start against Ipswich on Tuesday night. I think that might yeah. be a kind of game for him to to get maybe even I'm not going to say the full 90, but a good 75 or 80, which I think he's probably there for, and he's probably a little bit frustrated especially after Everton that he might have kicked on a little bit more, um, rather than just the last five, six, seven minutes of games, but I do feel like you're probably more likely to see him on Tuesday night in the Carabao for a good amount of time and then we'll see what happens after that
0: Yeah, I'd agree, if we take it on face value what Gary Neal's saying, he's saying that he is available to start, it's just that we may have to bring him off because of Sort of fitness and coming back from the injury, and you still got
1: you do have to still be careful with him, don't you?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I I, I think I can see that. You see him d- don't start at Luton, but he starts get Ipswich. I mean, mm. I could even see him depending on obviously the context of the game and how he's getting on. I could see him playing ninety at Ipswich as well because yeah, yeah, he probably, he probably needs a ninety under his belt, mm-hmm. doesn't need to, yeah. to 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 get himself underway. But um, yeah, I, I think that's probably a fair one. Uh, Andrew Hadfield, I'd like to see Doc get a start at Luton. Do you agree or disagree? I think. I've been sort of banging this drum for a while now. I think Tomato actually did really well first half against Liverpool to his credit, and second half he wasn't disastrous like we have seen in previous performances. Mm-hmm. Um, but a, a little, I think he tired a bit, out of position. He got he was caught two on one quite a few times second half. So I think based on that performance, he probably doesn't deserve to be dropped. But I think he probably deserves to be dropped before that because some of the yeah. performances previously were, were under par, and, and mm-hmm. I thought deserved a bit more. And then when Docteur came on. He came on at right wing. Right wing? He didn't. I, I, I can see the reason why. Because, you know, Tomei was getting doubled up on and I think he wanted to have two sort of more defensive-minded players there. But I didn't think it worked at all. So, um, it's yeah. Just, I, it's I, just,
1: I was just looking at that game and I was thinking, okay, well, I half get it. But at the same time, like, if you're going to play him out on right wing, then play him in, in that, in the Blackpool game on right wing. Don't play Johnny at right wing and you play it Right-hand side of a centre-back. If that's an option that you're going to do, give him the chance to do it and to get used to it a little bit more. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think him, Totty, and Bentley are
0: all the three players that are at least in the conversation to potentially come in and play. Really, uh, not, you think I'm,
1: Bentley this 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 soon?
0: I, I'm not saying I agree with all of them, and to be honest, I don't think actually my opinion. What I think Gary Neal would do, I don't think he brings any of them in. To be honest, um, this is think, this is your your um, thought. But I think, in my opinion. Out Of of any of the players in the squad that aren't starting at the moment, those three are probably the ones that are elite in the conversation. The ones that I would probably do and choose to do myself would probably be Doherty and Totti. I probably would keep Sauron for the time being. But um, there's only so long a, you know, a goalkeeper can make mistakes for. So I think he's got to at least be in the conversation. Um, we will come on to Luton as well, but Totty could be an option with Luton playing far for the back. Do you, mm-hmm. do you match them up? Do you, do you play him as an um, even inner four as well as... Um, as as a more sort of, you know, stronger defensive, particularly for set pieces in the air kind of defender. Um, Yeah, I think there's an argument for those kind of players to to come in and get an opportunity as well, for sure. You still not uh, not got access. No, no access, mate. I'm I'm absolutely,
1: I'm useless. I'm absolutely,
0: absolutely. I'll I'll, I'll give you this one. This is a good one from Cody. Um, Connor. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think Neto's valuation was after he was voted Wolves Player of the Season in 2021? And do you think it's lower or higher at this point in time? He looks to be getting back to his best and I would hope that Wolves would deem him untouchable personally, a top player when he's at his best.
1: Mm, that's a good question. When he it's won tough, Wolves play, well, look, you've got to, I, I would say he's probably, if he stays fit and there's still a big if, I would say his valuation is probably similar to what it was just because of inflation over the last two or three years and the prices. But I would say you're looking at When he won that and the age that he won it, you're looking at realistic market value, Liam. And I know a lot of Wolves fans will scoff at this, but I would say mid-twenties to late-twenties. And I say that probably that's what his value would be now. And I'm not saying Wolves would sell him for that. But I think that when you've had three seasons of disrupted action, yes, you've started very, very well. I feel like at this moment in time, that's probably what his market value is. And that's probably good for Wolves because I don't think Wolves would sell him for anywhere close to that I know Ars have been sniffing, sniffing around for a while. Now, if he converts these, what was it, four assists, did you say? Yep, four assists. Four assists. If he con- converts these four assists to all finishing 12th or 13th in the league this year, and he's added eight goals and 15 assists, then I think you can almost add 15 to 20 million on that. And you're looking at someone who's in the 40s, 50s with his age, Portuguese international who's shown his fitness I feel like these next 34 games or 33 games in the Premier League will show exactly what his market value is I think that though it will rise considerably in these next 33 games um, or stay the same or reduce depending on how he does but you um, need to stay fit this season for that uh, that that market to to rock it up I would say very good. <laughs> would you would you agree or not or would you yeah, say Yeah,
0: no I think so. I think I think that's about right. Uh, I mean his his
1: intrinsic value to Wolves is, is a lot greater than what his market value was to prospective clubs at this moment in time, but that's only going to go through the roof when you get more minutes and more game time and more goals and assists on a consistent basis for someone like yeah. Neto. How many more do you want any more questions? Uh, um what what are we on now? Um two more questions you can answer them. Two more. Greg Ellis, do you think Gary O'Neill will make it through oh.
0: to the end of the season? I'm
1: pleased you asked that one, Liam, because, you know, it probably brings us into, into Luton. So maybe should we last, is, is there a great last one than that or can we finish on this one? Uh,
0: well, I mean, no offence to everyone else, but we'll finish, we'll finish <laughs> well, on well, this one. Well, it's
1: difficult. I, so, sorry, I, I don't know what happened there. To blame X, blame, blame Musk, but uh, um, I think that, I, look at, I, what did you say? Can you see him in charge to the end of the season? Is that what you said? Yeah, I mean, obviously,
0: context of the season is massively important. But I mean, all all of the noises coming from Wolves, and this is from, you know, when they appointed him to the start of the season mm-hmm. and up till now, with uh, with one win from uh, from five, is that the club and the hierarchy and. You know, the whole, all the people behind this decision, of course, Matt Hobbs sort of interviewing and, and making a decision on, on appointing Gary Neal. Um, the idea is that he's a long term appointment. Um, now, I've, of course, most appointments, the idea is that they're long term, um, but the noises from the club are, you know, pretty adamant that they, they, they want him to be here. There's, there's no doubt um, about the appointment. They're happy with him. I think you can definitely see improvements in certain aspects. I think, particularly the way Wolves are attacking at the moment, but at, at the same time, there's probably. Wolves have got worse at defending in comparison to the, the back end of the Laportege era. So there, there's, you know, there's pros and cons in my opinion. Um, but I think the hierarchy seem fairly pleased. Obviously, they want more points, of course, but they seem fairly pleased with what they've seen so far. So my summarisation of that really is that I expect him to get time. Um, now the question is how much time. Um, I don't see him going anywhere anytime soon. But at the same time, you've also got to win. Games, you know, I'm not suggesting that he you lose to Luton and he gets sacked, but you can't go to Luton and get beaten four five nil and then go no. on and you've got City coming up and you've got Villa. and So well, you've got look. Go on, sorry, you look, context, can context is important. Um, as it stands, I don't see him, I, I, I see him being backed and given time and not going anywhere, but that's with the caveat of you've got to pick up results as well. So, um, yeah, time will tell.
1: I'm taking you to switch out of this because you know, you difficult to understand and see what what play and what, what how they're going to approach it, but. You know, it takes us on to Luton, Liam, because it it is a... say it's a massive game, but it is a really big game of football. From what we discussed earlier on with where they are in the table, where Luton are. I mean, Luton, of course, are yet to pick up a point. This is seen as... I think it is really... I know it's a must-not-lose, but you've you've really got to win this game. And I tell you what, Wolves aren't the only team that think this is a must-win game, because Luton will think that too. Make no mistake about that. Rob Edwards, of course, and there's a cracking feature from Paul Berry, and... In today's paper and online, uh, you know, interviewing Rob Edwards, he will be desperate to get three points, to get Luton underway in this in this season. They're probably looking at this game thinking, crikey, if we lose this, I mean, it's, all, it's almost game over already, you know. Um, and I think Gary O'Neill needs a win here. I, I do. I'm, I'm not saying by any means he's in trouble. I, I don't think that. But you look at the teams to come after this. Man City, then Villa, then Bournemouth away, then Newcastle. Spurs, I assume Wolves will pick up some points even when they're underdogs. They're going to be underdogs against Man City. They're not favourites to beat Villa. They won't be favourites against Newcastle. They probably won't be favourites against Bournemouth. In fact, I know that they will be. They'll be underdogs. Um, let me have a look at the, quickly, very quickly, um, bear with me for one second. I bet you it's pretty close on the betting even for this game, but they will be underdogs. In the next five games, make no mistake about that. Yeah, Luton, so Wolves are favourites to go in this weekend. This is probably the first and only game out the next six where they'll be favoured going into this game. Now, football is a strange thing, and it works in mysterious ways, and Wolves have, have got results when they weren't expected to. But at the same time, I do feel for Gary O'Neill, you you don't want to, if they lose this game, Gary O'Neill's not going to lose his job 100%. But if they lose the next five, Liam... And they've got three points from the opening ten. Then you can't, you know, whether you're there in the long term or not, you're you're going to be under an incredible amount of pressure from a fan base that will be very, very frustrated. Um, I think they probably just about win on Saturday, but I do think it's an important game for Gary O'Neill and for this squad as well because they need to, they need to, I guess, get a little bit of belief in the system they're playing and show that get some points from. Games where you know you look at Manchester United and you look at the first half against Liverpool and they, they've deserved a lot more. If they play, and it's easy to say that, if they play like they did against those, they'll win and win the game they'll win the game handsomely. But it's about playing against the sides that like that, against the poorer sides that Wolves have failed to do over the last few years. It's a big game, mate.
0: No, it is. It really is. And you look at the way that both teams set up, you look at the friendly between these two teams at the beginning of August as well. For me, it's set up to be quite a... It's not going to be a pretty game, let me put it that way. <laughs> I think it's set up to be, for a neutral, quite a nasty game to watch. And it will probably yeah. probably be decided by a single goal. It will probably yeah. be very tight. And the onus, yeah. even despite going away from home, the onus is on Wolves to go yeah. and create and score and break Luton down. What did we see in that friendly against Luton at Molyneux? They wolves had all the possession. I know this was under Lapartigi, so it's slightly different, but not massively. Um, wolves had all the possession and couldn't break them down and couldn't couldn't score. Uh, I mean, Luton even had a couple of goals ruled out for offside, didn't they, um, in that game? So I suspect that it will be that tight and it will be quite a nervy game with both sides aware of the importance of it. And probably quite similar to the Everton game. And if Wolves can have any kind of result that is similar to that game uh, at Goodison, then, then they'll walk away happy. But it's 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 quite a tough ask. Not mm. because the quality's not there, but you've got to back up that quality with the kind of hard-working performance that is going to match Luton's effort. Because Luton mm-hmm. are going to be desperate for something. They're going to dig cool. their heels in. Yeah. They're going to be difficult to beat. They're going to be flying into tackles. You've got to match that first of all, and then allow the quality to shine through. So that really, for me, is the is the task for Wolves. Um, look at the way Luton's set up. I mean, they've been playing five. Um, Ryan Giles actually dropped for for the last game. I suspect mm-hmm. he might come back in. But, you know, it, it's difficult to second guess, obviously, at this at this stage. Um, they got a couple of decent players. Like I think Lekongo in midfield, alone for Arsenal, seems a decent player. Nakamba obviously was former Villa. He's he's okay. Um, Morris up front seems a little bit of a handful at times. Um, if they do play two up top and they do play Morris, the, he didn't start in this last game Adebayo, but Elijah Adebayo, former Warsaw. I was Warsaw reporter when he was at Warsaw, and you know I think he's a very good footballer. He could, um, he, he's quite a handful. You know him and Morris together could be quite physical, quite imposing um, set pieces. They are Liam, but come losses. on, you've got to win
1: this game. You've got to go no, win this game. No, no,
0: 100, no, 100. But we look at Wolves and the way they've been defending recently. You've got to, also got to be aware of dangers because this is going to be a tight, tight game. And it could be decided on you know, a cross or a corner or a free kick. And Wolves' is defenders, that's why maybe you're playing totty at left-back or even playing a five might be a good move. Um, you've, you've got to be on it. You've got to be on it for all of those lofted balls into the box that are going to be difficult to deal with. But then looking at how Wolves might set up, I think we're both probably quite similar with this. I think, we've spoken about it off-air as well, that I think he might go with the exact same starting eleven as mm-hmm. he did with Liverpool. My reason for that is that Cunha, I don't think, is going to lose his place. No. If he brings in either Fabio or Kalajic to play alongside Cunha, it means he's got one of five players, basically, that have got, that have got to be dropped. Yeah. Neto, never going to happen. No. Huang, as long as he's fit, I don't think he'll be dropped. No. Belagard, I don't think he gets dropped out of that performance. No. Now, the only other option is Belagard comes into midfield well I know he's in central midfield but more like in a two and you drop either Gomez or Lamina but I can't see him for this game dropping either of
1: those two either the only so, one I would say out of that would be I said, if he was going to do that lean would be probably Gio Gomez just taking him out from that but I don't know whether Lamina and Bellegarde midfield away at Luton is probably the way to go and I feel no, like that, sure. that might be folly
0: I think as a quality of those two I think there's the quality's there I don't think the discipline is there for those two as no. a pairing um, away at Luton so I'd be quite surprised if he does that so that's why I think he'll probably go with a similar, similar start starting But you've also got to weigh that up with the work and the shape and the tactics that Wolves would have been working on this week based on what Luton play. Does Gary O'Neill surprise us? Does he go with a five? Mm-hmm. Does, he, does he make a change and play two up top, mm-hmm. um, regardless of the performance in the last game? And if he does do that, Totty Gomez who, has to play. Whether who it's would you two up top be then? The two up top would probably be Cooney and Silva at this, at this point just... And I think you use Kalajic as a as an impact.
1: So what you're saying a five three two?
0: That that well that would be matching Luton if he if he if he did that. But I don't I don't think he will. But that's the only other option I could think I just of. I can't see where Neto
1: where, do, where does Neto and Wang fit in there then? Well that's the point neither of them do. It's, it's not, I, I, yeah it's very look <laughs> you say like you say horses for courses it's it's, it, it's interesting he could go one of a number of ways couldn't he? Um, unless Wang plays centrally of course he could do that. But I don't I I don't see that happening. But
0: that is mm. the other the, the other option for it. if he was to change it what he might do. And if he does do that, Totti has to play, whether that's in a back three or in a back four mm. at left back. If you're going to make mm. a change to to counter Luton, Totti has to play, without a doubt for me. Um, but then, yeah, to, to your point, if you're going to do that, you lose a Neto or a Huang or someone. And particularly the way Neto's playing, obviously Gary was a big fan of him. I can't see that happening at all.
1: No. Defensively, they've got to be better um, collectively. And they've got to also, I think, be a little bit more... I think character-wise, if they do concede, I feel like the body language is poor a lot of the time. If they do concede, this crowd will be on them. Let's say they concede, they go 1-0 down. They've got to be able to show a little bit more about them to get back into the game because when they go behind or they fall behind in games, it's very difficult over the last 18 months really to see this team come back and win a game of football. Uh, I don't think they've done that. They did a lot under Nuno and I feel like over the last couple of years, they've failed to do that. And when they do go behind, they end up losing games more often than not. They can't do that here. They've got to stand up and be counted.
0: No, absolutely. The, the stats are not in their favour when it comes to coming from a losing position. Um, it hasn't been for a couple of seasons, as you, as you say. That's a really, really important point. Um, I'm not going to add to that point because I'm going to throw in a ambitious, curveball. potential curveball.
1: Can I, I'm not can I gonna guess
0: th- it? I'm not yeah you go gone, guess it go on
1: my ambitious curveball which I was going to ask you actually is could we see from kind of nowhere João Gomez still drop out of this side and he goes a little bit more because Mario Lamina has been overworked at this moment in time and he goes a little bit more defensive cover but still the flair and you see someone like Abubakar Traore coming alongside Mario Lamina I could definitely
0: see that. I could definitely okay. see that. It wasn't what I was going to say. No, but I was just saying. But I could definitely see it. Okay. Um, I'm not going to phrase this as a prediction because I've already said mm-hmm. to you what I think Gary Neal will play. Mm-hmm. Um, but if this does happen, I'm going to take full credit for it being. A <laughs> of course, you are. You love, so, you love
1: to do that. Go on. So, so uh, could we see? Yeah. A. But if this is right, by the way, are you going to say I called it, even though? 100%. Even though if they keep if they keep the same team, you are going to say I called it too because well, exactly. this is what you are doing. I've already, I've already said I think you will play the same team, right. so yeah, without a doubt. Okay, so you got you are going to have two bites of the cherry. Yeah, hundred <laughs>
0: percent, <100%, Okay>. mate. <laughs> 100%. Okay, hundred percent. Does he play a back five? Okay, with which is Totty, uh, Dawson Kilman, mm-hmm. um, a right, a right wing back of either Samada or. Doherty, Doc. but someone who is a right back playing right wing back or, you know, that kind of position.
1: Oh, but going
0: to see are you? But left wing back, we yeah. see Neto. And, okay. Wolves, and Wolves, when they're going forward, drop into a back four. Okay. When they're defending, obviously Neto comes back in. I mean, it's a, it's a big job for Neto doing that. Yeah. It's a lot of work there. But yeah. that, that gives you the opportunity of playing two strikers and Neto and playing midfield. It means probably Bellegarde still drops out if you play that, mm-hmm. but you still get a Neto into the team. That's just a, a
1: curveball no, I've thrown out there. Do you know, I don't mind it, Liam King. I, I don't mind, mind it, it either.
0: I don't mind either. Now it has to be with that very strict tactical structure of going forward into a back four. So even though Semedo or Doherty is going to be on paper a wing back they have to be disciplined and allow Neto to be the more adventurous.
1: But also you've got someone if you're playing Totti, you've got on that left hand side, you've got someone who can slot in too who has played left back. So that if he's caught out of position or, you know, he is told to look don't don't, obviously, you've got defensive responsibilities of tracking back, but we want you to get four. We need to score goals in this game to win the game. Exactly. Don't let it stop you. And then Totti knows he can drop back in. All of a sudden, they go into a back four. You know, you're talking me round here. Exactly. You're talking me round here. So when,
0: when they need to, they drop straight into a
1: four. Totty yeah. straight into
0: left back. When they when yeah. they don't need to and they're defending, yeah. Neto pulls back in to, yeah. you know, for their wing back or their yeah. wing whoever it is that's playing there. Because if they're playing a five, it will be a wing back on their side,
1: mm. and
0: Totty slots back in next to uh, just in between Neto and the and the the, uh, the the centre half, probably Dawson in the middle. I'd imagine. Um, I, I think that's got that's got potential, and also Totty is a play. You no, know, I'm a big fan of him, but he's got the athleticism and the speed mm. to be able to play that almost rotation position where he's going mm-hmm. in between the two. Um, I think that's got. That's got legs, and if that's right, by the way, oh my god, genius!
1: <laughs> oh my god, you're not going to be mentioning it, are you? You won't be
0: mentioning it much. I, I will open the next podcast with just a laugh down the microphone if I
1: get that right, <laughs> regardless of the result. And I've got why. Well, I tell you what, if you if they get beat three 0 and you've 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 played five, lost five of the games you've covered. I wouldn't start it with a laugh down the microphone, regardless of whether he got the team yeah, news right or I, not. I was,
0: I was being a little bit dramatic. Was, uh, maybe might not have done that if it, if, if it ends up being a loss. <laughs> Look, but I, I think that's a I think that's a shout from me. Just saying,
1: excellent. Right, we haven't really previewed uh, it switch, but very, 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 very quickly. I mean, like in a minute, we talked about it. I think that if Fabio doesn't start in this game, we see Fabio and Kalajic together and the periphery, the likes of Johnny Bubakar, Shirore. Um, you know, Dan Bentley. The, these are the guys who are gonna Doc or Samader, the one who doesn't doesn't play. Totti Gomez, even if he does play on Saturday, I think we'll start again on Tuesday night. Joe Hodge is back in training. If he's fit, I think he comes back into the lineup. Or are, are these too many changes, Liam? And you know, Ipswich flying high in the championship. I think I think third in the championship behind behind Leicester and Preston. Do, do they need to? Player go a little bit stronger if they want to have a cup competition. If they do, even want to have a cup run.
0: Oh, I think that's still strong though. You know, mm-hmm. I think Wolves, you know, no disrespect to Ipswich, but Wolves have got sure. a, a strong enough squad to be able to play a lot of these periphery players at the moment, and and, mm-hmm. and should be still beating a Championship side, uh, as well as a Championship side who just come up as well. So, sure, um, you, Santi Bueno as well. I could see him starting at mm-hmm. centre half. You know, not played yet for Wolves. Um, Enzo Gonzalez. Tommy Doyle. But, Tommy Doyle, exactly how I think he probably starts that game, depending on whether he starts on the, on, on the weekend, obviously. Um, Enzo Gonzalez, I'm not sure if he starts necessarily, but I think he's involved and probably mm-hmm. gets some minutes. Um, and then you have players on the bench to bring on if you need to get a goal and need to win the game, because Wolves should still be targeting 100% to win that game, because it sure. should be important this season. Uh, I think it, like it should every year. But you also need to get minutes into players. So I think... Mm-hmm. You, all of those players you just mentioned probably do play um, or involved or to some capacity, and there's probably you could probably name most of the starting eleven after we've seen the starting eleven for Luton, really, um, mm-hmm. because it will be the majority that don't start. I, I would expect.
1: Um, yeah, good stuff, mate. I think I think I think you're right. Um, we're staying overnight by the way, in Ipswich. Got a little bit of a, a night, a little bit of a holiday in for us. Uh, we'll be recording the podcast, a late night podcast post Ipswich, uh, so that should be fun. Uh, I've also got a nice couple of restaurants potentially to take us to during the day. We'll go and get some food because I can't see us getting fed at Ipswich, to be honest. So <laughs> Portman Road, I know you haven't been there before, but it's not the... Uh... It's it's not the most scenic of places, so we'll 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 go into the uh, the marina first during the afternoon. We'll have a little wander round. I'll buy you a little cappuccino. We'll maybe have some 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 nice uh, a nice little healthy meal to start to fill our stomachs before we get to the game, and then uh, and then a bit of bow chicka wow wow in the holiday inmates with a with a microphone. <laughs> it's been a very dirty podcast, to be honest with you. It's uh, mm. man, smut. It's, it's what the people ask for, isn't it? Smutty. That's why we're not award winning. Um, <laughs> and. Yet. Uh, so quick, quick prediction for uh, uh, Ipswich. I'm going to say Ipswich Town 1, Wolverhampton Wanderers 1, Wolverhampton Wanderers win 4-3 on penalties through, through to the next round. Right, but well, if you're going to be that
0: specific, give me the Wolves goal score as well. and the No,
1: no, no, I haven't got time. I've got to, come on, <laughs> come on. Um, Ipswich are uh, 2-0 Wolves. 2-0 oh, Wolves, okay, excellent. Um, and we'll go with your prediction, which... Obviously, it was coming in. Liverpool won until the uh, the Hugo Bueno own goal. But someone, uh, yeah, someone missed out on a kettle and toaster. But um, what should we give away first? Let's give away, I'll say. We'll give away the new blue graffiti kit, shirt and shorts. And I'll go, we'll go on your prediction. But I will say Wolverhampton Wanderers 2, Luton Town 1.
0: Very good. I think mm. it'll be really tight, as I've said already. I think Luton nil, Wolves 1.
1: Ooh, so 1-0 Wolves. Claim it claim the shirt, retweet it and um, look, make sure you watch that Fabio Silver interview because uh, I think it's, it's, it's very enjoyable um, and look, we'll all see you at Kenilworth Road on Saturday. Kino. thanks for going over. It's an hour and 25 minutes. I'm so sorry to everyone but you know, it is what it is uh, for me. Kim Kino, have a great weekend. We love you all. Take care.
0: Bye-bye. You better retreat because we're on the attack The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack handsome we're on our way